Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. And we are here, David Fiorazzo, Mary Danielson, and today's guest, Jelaine Appling. A lot to talk about, so we're going to jump right in. She's the president of Wisconsin Family Council. And uh, since I think, well, she came to work there in 1997, but um, she's been at this for fighting for faith, family, religious freedom for two decades and a half, 25 years. And, um, boy, there's a lot to talk about today. So, Jelaine, welcome back to the podcast. Well, good to be back, David. Always an honor to be with you folks. Thanks for your time and for all the work you do. I've got your recent newsletter in front of me, and that's what I want to start with. Actually, it's not December's, but it's from November. And you start off by saying, it's been six months. So uh, that was November. That was last month. And this is referring to the attack, the firebomb attack by the pro-abortion activists on your offices in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, what I want to find out is uh, what's the latest on all the arrests and prosecutions of those who have who were responsible for torching your offices and taking responsibility, Jane's revenge. So uh, what can you tell us? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it, really nothing that is of substance, David. And this is what's and 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 by the way, an official welcome to Mary. Good yes, to thank you. Have Mary and get to know her and work work together on mm-hmm. this. But look, um, first of all, the attack on our office was May eighth, Mother's Day, early morning, and so now we're pushing seven months. Uh, I think wow. this Sunday it will be seven months. Wow. So, so in that time period, we have had very very little information coming to us from law enforcement now the atf came and and i as my recollection is you got to remember i came in about 10 o'clock after the after i got called about a quarter to eight i got down here by 10 uh that morning and shortly thereafter my recollection is an agent from the atf and i know an agent from the fbi came here to the office, along with Madison Police Department. And they spent the bulk of the afternoon sequestered in the in my office, which is where the attack happened, didn't let us in, come, would come out periodically with pieces of, of charred whatever and say, do you recognize this? Or would you, is there any reason you would have a lighter in your office, right? So that went on all day. At 4.30, they left in the, in the afternoon, they left. They took three paint cans full of, physical evidence. And they said as they left, the ATF would take responsibility for the physical evidence. The FBI would be, you know, treating this aggressively um, because it was obviously, you know, something that had to be dealt with at the federal level. And the um, medicine police would, department would have a part in it as well. So I think what uh, the last time we actually had someone come into the office was early June. The Madison Police Department, the detective assigned to us along with a lieutenant, came in and they cheek swabbed members of our team for what they called elimination evidence. So like, you know, if ATF discovered DNA on any of this physical evidence, they could say, oh, well, that's Jelaine's DNA or that's Diane's DNA. And, you know, we could supposedly be eliminated hopefully be eliminated um so that was the last time i actually heard from him uh, coming into the office now there has been because and david um you know before we went live you talked about jim harden out there and i've been in touch with him over in uh in buffalo new york i believe is where he is yes compass care yeah compass care so so they've been attacked and there have been over a hundred a hundred churches pregnancy care centers other organizations attacked in some way shape or form yep. as a result of all of this it really started with us on may 8th right yeah and i said to the gentleman when they left my office on the afternoon of may 8th the faster you work on this the less likely who would we have of repeating this across the country that's almost a verbatim quote yeah. from what I said. Mm. Oh, we're going to be aggressive. We're, we're treating this. This is a, you know, we'll, and it may take a couple of months. Well, it's been seven. 
So but because it's been seven months, because there have been over a hundred ta- attacks on pro-lifers and some egregious things like the FBI doing these early morning raids on pro-life activists who supposedly broke the law and they come in at gunpoint and haul the guy away, you know, um, supposedly in an ongoing investigation, we would have some give and take, right? But mm-hmm. because there's been all this renewed interest, I have had um, na- uh, national media um, outlets, I've had statewide media outlets contacting me saying, what's new? What's going on? Because the FBI says, you know, they're going to be aggressive about this. Right. So because of that, I did get a call from the Madison Police Department last week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago today, I think. And <laughs> look, I want to make this disclaimer and make it very clear. <laughs> we are we are not anti-law enforcement. Right. Of We're course. Not. Yeah. You know, I. You know, I could put a we back the badge or we back the blue in my yard and I'd yep. be very comfortable with that. Yep. But there comes a time when the inactivity on a crime against our organization, a threatening message, because let's not forget there was a threatening message left on the outside wall. If yeah. abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. You aren't going to be safe if. Uh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so that should be, you know, part of me says maybe I should be having an armed guard with me every day. Right. And maybe I should always have a security uh, armed security here in our office, even though we've done some, you know, we've taken a lot of security measures here. But but I, what I want to convey here is when the when the detective called and left a voicemail. He said, well, I don't really have anything to report. We don't have any amount. I can't give you very much because this is an ongoing investigation. And I want to ask, <laughs> in what quotes. in the world does that mean? Exactly. Right. Quote, ongoing, right? So, Julian, yeah. I want to go back to one thing you said. Uh, the Madison Police Department, um, the FBI said they're being, they were going to be re- aggressive. This was way back when, in May. Do you think, do you, we all remember what happened on the streets of our cities across the country during the uh, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation Marxist-driven protests and terrorism across the country when police cars were fire- firebombed and buildings were burning and uh, people were dying across the country in that summer because in a lot of places the police were told to stand down. Could it be that the FBI, maybe he meant what he said, we're going to investigate this aggressively, but then they were told by the Biden Democrats or those who you know don't want to uh, get get justice for pro-life um, organizations or family organizations. Just stand down. Do you what? What are your thoughts? I know it's speculation, but that seems like a plausible possibility at this point. Seven months later. Well, well David, it does, and I hate to get to that point. Right? Look, as, as Americans and as Christians, we don't want to become so cynical mm. and and suspicious of everything that. Every time we turn around, we're like, oh, I can't, I, I don't believe that. And I, you know, ooh, wow, there's nefarious activity taking place. We don't want to live that way. But there comes a point where the, the exact scenario that you're talking about has to be considered, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how far up the chain that went, mm-hmm. but, but let's just take an example. On August 31st in Kalamazoo, Michigan, there was a Duraflame log lit on the roof of a Planned Parenthood facility. And four Uh-oh. days later, they found, they found, they, they arrested the guy as they should have. Four days? And, yeah, four days. And not only that, they found out where he had bought the Duraflame log. So in other now, words, they, they really <laughs> investigated. Yeah, they actually, yeah. they actually put their, did the shoe leather thing. Yeah. Um, so I, here's where I've landed on this. I think that we have to be realistic in the, the culture and the, the, kind of political environment we have today that there is there is and, and, and I don't mean to sound like Captain Obvious here, okay, but there really is a concerted effort to shut down the voices of conservatives in every area. Now uh-huh. l- let me tell you why I think that happens. Okay. And again, this isn't rocket science, but I think no. people forget about it. In order to advance the agenda of the liberal progressives, and it can come from the LGBTQ crowd, the anti-abortion crowd, the anti-free enterprise, all, uh, you know, um, open borders crowds. It can be, it can be all of that. And by the way, they are pretty much lockstep on all those issues. So let's not forget that the conservatives bifurcate, you know, I'm a social conservative, I'm a fiscal conservative and all that garbage. But 
But in order to advance that agenda, you have to get rid of the obstacles that are stopping you. And who is the worst obstacle to them? Christians, mm-hmm. pro-lifers, yeah. people who have faith take a position on the on the issue of life, on marriage, on family, on religious freedom, and a host of other things. We are standing directly in their way. We're the ones that are saying, no, 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 that's not good for my neighbor. Mm. That's not good for my community. Don't 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 kill unborn children. Don't change the definition of marriage and on and on and on. So what do they have to do? They have to find ways to silence us, sideline us, destroy us. And and, and they're doing that. They're taking advantage of every opportunity um, to, to do exactly that. And and just a quick story on that. Sure. When we were doing the marriage amendment here in 2005 and 2006, we had a pastor who was on sabbatical who'd been hired to work with us uh, to get our churches involved on that. And I came back one day from a debate where I, I came into the office and you, you know, I'm always cool, calm and collected, right? Um, <laughs> no, never any passion on this stuff. And, and I was fired up. I said, you know what? They're just trying to silence us. Every time we turn around, they're trying to silence. And he, he was considerably shorter than me and he came out of his office and he looked at me and he, put his finger in my face. He said, Jelaine, you need to understand something. They don't want to just just silence you. They want to destroy you. Hmm. And, and you know, that's a hard thing to remember. But we as believers need to understand there's a mastermind in this. And the mastermind is Satan. Mm -hmm. Well, you use the word destroy, Jelaine. And I think of John, I think, 10, 10, where it says the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and might have it abundantly. But there's the spiritual dynamic right there. We know our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We know the enemy drives some of these human beings. I call them minions. Uh, some might refer to them as useful idiots. Some might say forces of darkness. Um, but yeah, it's not just discrimination. It's not just silencing anymore. I, I think that was very good, accurate. You were used, used the word destroy, Mary. Yeah, and you know, the scripture says Jesus says they hated me. You know, they're certainly going to hate you, and yeah. so there's a, just a pure hatred which you've experienced, and I think we all have on some level, but especially for you, that pure hatred that evil has, and as the days get darker and darker, that's just going to be ramped up. So we need to be ready for that. Yeah, we've had a reprieve in this country. I, I what you can use whatever word you want there. I just that just came to mind. Because of our Constitution, because of the First Amendment. So, Jelaine, we are going to get to the so-called Disrespect for Marriage Act. I, I throw the dis in front of it. We are going to get to that. But just your thoughts on the the environment, where this place that we're in now, in our country, we never thought we would see. Practically, we're, we're seeing communist policy when they are silencing opposition, putting out their propaganda and their talking points. They're not following any path to justice for all. Your thoughts on where we're at? Well, first of all, I want to say, you know, again, I sound like, not to be repetitive, but I sound like Captain Obvious here, David, but look, we serve an awesome God, and he is no different from today from what he was in eternity past, right? Amen. No yep. difference. Yep. And and we can trust him. He is faithful. He is good. He is kind. He has a plan. He is holy and righteous, and he is working his plan to perfection. So we know the end of the story. We know that ultimately we're victorious, but boy, we've got a lot of battles that we've got to fight for righteousness and truth along that path to the gift of that last chapter of the book, right? Yes. And, and so number one, I want people to be optimistic. You can be optimistically realistic, but, but we cannot be, we cannot go around hangdog all the time. We, we've got, we've got to have a, 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 bounce in our step and a smile on our face and courage in our heart and and we have to have we have to be ready to give an answer for the reason for the hope that lies within us it's a glorious hope and we have no reason to to just be negative all the time and we we need to share hope and we need to bring the light to this dark culture so so i want to make sure we all understand you know remember that because some days even though i'm sitting in a very bright sunny Madison, Wisconsin right now, the days look pretty dark. So, so that said, I, I, I think we are at a point where multiple generations of young people going through public government schools have caught up with us. Hello. Uh huh. Yep. I, 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 I think that's where we are. Yes. So, so, 
you look at the culture and you say, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Well, we put these kids in classrooms for six to seven hours a day from now. And by the way, gang, somebody talk about 3K. I, I, that's abominable. I don't want to have any three-year-old in a kindergarten program that's compulsory. Wow. I don't want to, you know, but so now we have almost compulsory 4K. So, you know, they're in there for what, 16 years or whatever it is. And they hear day after day after day after day indoctrination yes. on the communist principles and socialism and humanism and, you know, the LGBTQ issue that's all wrapped into all of this. Because what was a, one of the fundamental uh, tenets of communism and humanism was the destruction of the natural family, mm-hmm. right? Yes. man, Married man and woman and children, biological or adopted, uh, forming that union, that, that unit. So I think we're just reaping it. Every time that we graduate a group of 18-year-olds that can go to the polls and vote, and by the way, this midterm election, the 18 to 25 year olds showed up. Yes, they did. And they mm-hmm. made a huge, huge difference. So uh, how do, <laughs> how do we expect any different? And, mm-hmm. and by the way, in the midst of all of this, <clears throat> another critical thing has happened. And that is the breakdown of the natural family, mm. the non formation of that family unit, a trouncing on the institution of marriage, no fault, no contest, divorce. Um, all these things have wrapped in there. We have fewer families forming. We have fewer young people being born into married mom and dad families. And when mm. you lose that, you lose the very warp and woof of the culture. Mm-hmm. We, it, we can't. The Christianity gets transmitted how primarily mm. by family units. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they're um, and the the way the government and the education system is designed, it's to take away oh, children yeah. from. If they do have, if they're fortunate enough to have moms and dads in the home, you take them away for six, seven hours a day, and they are not being, no longer being influenced by the biblical worldview. If the parents are teaching their kids the biblical worldview, so well, there's a there's a sixty four million dollar question, and that's a teaser to our Monday podcast with the great Alex Newman. He's going to be on. We're going to talk much about education and other things, but um, we are going to get to the. Tragic passing of the what's called the Respect for Marriage Act. We are going to refer to it as the Disrespect for Marriage Act, and Jelaine will get to that. But let's talk briefly about where we're at politically, and just for a couple minutes. We don't need to rehash all the midterms and some of the disappointing outcomes, but I would love to get your perspective on what happened in the vote, even from a state standpoint. We just have two and a half minutes here. Yeah. Well, well look, in Wisconsin, we had more wins than losses, David. We really did. So we lost a governor from a conservative standpoint. We lost a governor's race and we lost the attorney general's race. And mm-hmm. I'm not happy about it. Right. But my word, we put Ron Johnson back into the U.S. Senate. We gained a seat in the U.S. House. We picked up seats in our state assembly and in our state Senate. We mm-hmm. actually have a veto proof majority. Um, well, we did uh, up until today in, in the state Senate, not that it does any, any good because yeah. it simply lacks by two. Mm-hmm. Overall, we're in a pretty good place here. Okay. Um, that's it, you know, nationwide. Yeah, it, it, it looks a little different, but we need to be careful how we shape Wisconsin outcome from the midterms. We actually, we actually didn't tank everything. Good, good reminder. Sure. Good reminder. Were you surprised that the race with Ron Johnson and Barnes was that close? No, no. Did they? Not put, at all. Was it a money issue? They poured so much more money into. Well, the left no, always well, was does. That? David, they, they went out and, uh, and, and ramped up their approach, their, their effort to get the 18 to 25 year olds out. And, and, and they're not going to vote for Ron Johnson. He's an old right. white man. Right. right. You know, they're going to vote for a young African American man. And especially when they're coming in and telling you he's going to do this, that, and the other thing for you. Mm. You know, and, and I really think that's, I really think that's what happened. Uh, God gave us a little gift here in letting Ron Johnson st- uh, hold that office one more time. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. I agree. We've got to talk more about that when we come back. We're seeing this Georgia race very important down there <laughs> with, with uh, Herschel Walker and they are pouring millions. I mean, the, the left is just so good at fundraising. And, and remember, friends, whenever you see these TV commercials from Hollywood, uh, activists or actors or MTV, uh, these, these channels on TV getting out the vote. Who do you think they're getting out? They're getting out young people because <laughs> they're doing great marketing. Anyway, more with Jelaine when we come back. We've got a statement from Tony Perkins on the Disrespect for Marriage Act, what that means for Christians and religious freedom. We'll break that down when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. 
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Mary Danielson is in the house. We've got Julaine Appling on the line, Wisconsin Family Council. And by the way, they are offering $5,000 a reward for information that leads to the arrest of whoever is responsible from Jane's Revenge or others on the firebombing of the Wisconsin Family Action Offices. Um, Jelaine, I want to share part of Tony Perkins' statement on the U.S. Senate's passage of the, quote, Respect for Marriage Act, and then we'll talk about what it means. He said uh, the U.S. voted on the final passage of the disrespect, he puts dis in parentheses, disrespect for marriage act, and uh, the Senate cleared the 60-vote threshold by a vote of 61 to 35. Um, and then, hang on just a second. And then he says, a little later on, it's a, quite a lengthy one. We'll link to it here in the blog. My experience as a former chairman of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom has shown me that religious freedom's greatest threat is not a military force that eradicates or suppresses religious freedom, although that has certainly occurred. The greatest threat are policies like the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. And he says much more, but those are strong words. And, Jelaine, let's walk through this, but your first take on just your response to what happened. Well, I'm extremely disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, we started working on this the minute we knew about it when it came out, and then we knew the House was going to vote on it earlier this summer. Uh, you know, we knew immediately our our legal teams that we rely on, especially Alliance Defending Freedom, were out in front and saying this is bad. There's really no way to make a bad bill good. Mm-hmm. Um, religious freedom is directly in the crosshairs. And I want to say again, David, I want to reiterate, this is a great example of what I was talking about earlier. They want to destroy us, all right? Mm-hmm. One way to destroy us is to make our religious freedom, uh, put, put that religious freedom directly in the crosshairs. That's what this bill does. You think they didn't know that? Right. Of course they know that. Yeah. They're not, <laughs> that. We may not agree with them, but they're not stupid. And, you know, they're coy. They're, they're, scripture says, you know, they're sometimes the children of this world are wiser than mm-hmm. children of light, right? And so, yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm not, um, I don't see a lot of hope of stopping this in the house because they're going to take that vote. They got to, people probably don't understand this, but it has been changed from what the house voted on in June. In what way? So it's got, well, (laughs) so (laughs) are we getting into the weeds here or? Yeah. No, we're not. And people need to understand this. Okay. So quick civics lesson. I don't care what level of government you're working at, but if you've got two houses, both houses have to agree on the exact same language mm-hmm. for a bill to pass to go to the governor okay. or go to the, to the president, right? So after it passed in the House, when it comes over to the Senate, there's all this hubbub in August and September when Chuck Schumer was saying, hey, we're going to put this out there. And, and the lead author in the Senate on this bill is Wisconsin's junior U.S. Senator, Tammy Baldwin, who is a very, very open lesbian, uh-huh. has been for 25 years. And Democrat socialist by and, her And own Democrat admission. socialist and all the other yeah. wonderful t- labels we want to put on her. But so, so they were talking about putting this out there and all the hubbub began about religious freedom, right? So all of a sudden, towards the end of September, Schumer and Baldwin come out and say, hey, 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 we're going to hold this off. We're going to wait till November. We'll we'll take it up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so they, you know, after the midterms. Right. In the interim there, they went back and they tweaked the language to try to ameliorate the religious freedom issue. But it was just window dressing. It didn't do anything to make it substantively better to protect religious freedom. And I want to say this and make this very clear. Whenever you do a carve out or an exception for religious freedom in a bill like this, basically what we're saying is, oh, man, we're so scared. We don't have any standing. You can give us special protection. That's a bunch of hogwash. Hmm. First, the First Amendment clearly protects our religious freedom. It does not protect marriage. The U.S. Constitution does not protect same sex marriage, you know, and on and on. We can go with this. So so because. Hmm. What happened was she and she amended the language, or tweaked the language a little bit. So on Monday of this week, the Senate voted on that tweaked language 
and they passed it. They had that, that was their cloture vote. They had to get those 60 votes to do it. And so on Monday, they, they said, okay, Tammy, we're going to accept your slightly amended language. The minute they did that, that has to go back to the house now and they have to do what we call a concurrence vote. Okay. okay? So, so this isn't over yet. It's headed. I'm, I'm sure it's in the house now. Nancy right. Pelosi is, I'm sure, getting ready to put it on the floor. All right. So they tried three this on Tuesday. They tried three um, very solid amendments. Now, who's Senator, they? Who's they? Republicans, right? U.S. Senate. Okay. They yep. they tried yep. to amend this. They tried like, to amend it. Three Lee, three Lee GOP did. senators: mm-hmm. Senator Mike Lee, yep. uh, Senator uh, he's from Utah, Lankford James Lankford from Oklahoma, and Marco Rubio, of course, from Florida, gave each of them put three very good amendments out that would were really could really have helped the bill. They tried. They tried, and they all failed miserably. Why? Why did they fail? Because Republicans voted against them. Mm. Well, let's name those Republicans because we have, (laughs) you know, I mean, Democrats needed 10. They got 12. Uh, Roy Blunt, Missouri, because we have listeners from across the country. So just so people know, Roy Blunt, Missouri, Richard Burr in North Carolina, Shelley Capito in West Virginia, Susan Collins, who is, oh, come on, she's got an R by her name, up in Maine. Joni Ernst, the most surprising possibly out of this list in Iowa. Uh, Cynthia Loomis, Wyoming. Lisa Murkowski, another joke, L-O-L-R, behind her name in Alaska. Rob Portman in Ohio. Mitt Romney. Uh, Dan Sullivan. Tom Tillis, North Carolina. Tom, uh, Todd Young in Indiana. They all voted. Those are Republicans, in quotes, uh, that voted in favor of the bill. Well, yeah, it's a list of a cast of characters, and now we know who they are. <laughs> Since I'm sitting here in Wisconsin, I want to make sure everybody who's tuned in knows that our good senator, Ron Johnson, who was reelected in the midterms by a narrow margin, mm-hmm. did vote no. And what did he base that on? He based it on the fact that religious freedom was not sufficiently protected in any of the language that he saw. <clears throat> so he so actually read that it. was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and don't miss, David. Don't miss that there was a lot of communication coming from the citizens of states like Wisconsin mm-hmm. and other states where we were able to keep the majority of the Republican um, senators on the right page here, and they voted no. They voted yes on the good amendments and no on the bill. But those twelve, look, <laughs> we had a little pre show pre you know pre live discussion about <laughs> why would they do that yeah, yeah. It, it it's not that they didn't read the bill it's not that they don't understand the language it's a devotion to a worldview right right it's that's ultimately what it is and they aren't willing to say this is right this is wrong and i don't care if i get blowback i'm going to do the right thing they 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 feared the face of the lgbtq community right. more than they feared the people who were trying to get them to understand, hey, the right thing is to kill this bill, and there's no way we can effectively make a bad bill good by any amendment, and you need to do the right thing, yeah. except, the, except the consequence. And they, they said, nope, not going to do it. Uh, so Julie, that's, a, that's worldview, gang. Yes. It absolutely yes. is. Julie and I got a question for you, because uh, this article says that uh, Christians say this will cause a cascade of legal challenges to relig- religious liberty over time, even as the bill's supporters push an amendment they claim would protect tax-exempt status for nonprofits. What's the nature of some of these amendments? I mean, do they really do they really matter a whole lot in the big picture of this bill? And you know, it's complicated to read these bills, and they can make your head explode mm-hmm. at some point. <laughs> but what's the nature of some of these amendments, and and is it really will it protect churches? Because I know. Um, pastors doing weddings and that sort of thing, that's a big deal. And there's ways they can protect themselves. But what's what's the nature of some of these amendments? Do they matter? Well, the nature of the amendments was to try to put language in to make sure that an organization or an individual's beliefs, right, mm-hmm. and actions were not becoming um, uh, illegal. I mean, because that's what they're saying. It is a minute that you come out and you say, well, I believe marriage is only between one and man, one man and one woman. I'm a pastor. We're only going to conduct mm-hmm. one man, one woman marriages within our church, you know, and you go on and on and you take adoption agency and you say, we're only going to place babies with married men and women who are, you know, one man, one woman relationships mm-hmm. there. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not going to place them with same sex. But the minute you say those things and you actually do them, according mm-hmm. to the language of this, this bill, it's very unclear whether or 
or not you then become in violation of this. And those amendments were attempting to clarify the language okay. to say, no, 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 no. We're going to recognize your right to have mm-hmm. your own beliefs and to actually live by your beliefs. And, and that's what there were three separate amendments and they were trying to do that. And, and each of them, each one of them came at it from a little bit different angle. And, and actually all three of them would have really been helpful here. Yeah. But, but I'm going to tell you again, I want to repeat this. <clears throat> you can't make a fundamentally flawed bill good by amending it. Right. It's that's fundamentally yeah. flawed. Yeah. There was no need for this bill. None. Zero. Yeah. So what, what did it do to the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act? Uh, did did it created re- it? The whole thing, because I'm reading where it repealed parts of it. Is it all? Well, just, you say eradicate is a strong word. I like the word, well, but it's a strong word. <laughs> well, I'm not an attorney, and I don't play <laughs> one on TV, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but okay, so let's remember this is not law yet. Mm-hmm. All right, it's okay. passed in the Senate. It's got to okay. go back to the House, and then it's got to go to the President. Now that could happen, and could probably could happen by the end of the week if they wanted to. Um, but should it become law and when it becomes law, um, much, let's say at least much of the uh, Federal Defense of Marriage Act is done. For instance, under the Federal Defense of Marriage Act, which was signed into law by Bill Clinton. Okay. Let's not forget that. Wow. Um, the, um, states did not have to recognize what was like if, 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 Minnesota had legalized same-sex marriage and somebody moved from from Minnesota to Wisconsin and we had not yet, you know, the court case from 2015 hadn't happened. We hadn't recognized same-sex marriage. We were under no legal obligation to recognize that. That's gone under this because if Minnesota says, okay, we think polyamory and polygamy is really good and we're going to allow people to do throuples and all these other weird things and who knows. Mm-hmm. Okay. And oh, 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 if somebody gets married, they have three, they have two wives or two husbands or whatever. They moved to Wisconsin and we haven't recognized it under the full faith and credit clause of the U.S. Constitution without the Defense of Marriage Act making that not pertinent. We would have to recognize that. That's right. You can so, have a marriage of five people, of seven people. Where do you stop? Uh, Oh, David, I wish I could. I, you know, I've lived this. I lived this. I sat mm. in the courtroom in the Seventh Circuit Court of of Appeals in Chicago, and with my constitutional attorney at my right side, listening to them tear down our marriage amendment. Okay, because mm. it had been challenged, and we were going through the process of trying to to protect it, and uh, we challenged it at the Seventh Circuit, and the they they the the attorneys for same uh, supporting same sex marriage we're making the case you know well you can't stop love and the you know and one of the attorney one of the judges on the 7th circuit said well if we let two people of the same sex marriage how do we say no to people who want to marry more than one person mm-hmm. and the the attorney said well because marriage is between it's just two people and the judge basically said you and i both know if we change the sex then we can change the number or the it's age. It's all up for or grabs. The age. Yeah. It changed the or age. age. Well, yeah. yeah. Let me just, uh, this is interesting. We only have a, a few minutes, four minutes left in this segment. I, I wrote an article this week. It's called, uh, Their Agenda May Not Dominate the Culture, but Same-Sex Marriage is Not as Prevalent as What We've Been Led to Believe. And I quoted the U.S. Census that came out. And only 0.9, that's nine-tenths of 1% of American households are same-sex married couples. Why is this important to understand? And, Julaine, you know that because they have done pretty effective marketing, darn good marketing. I mean, the highest is in D.C., District of Columbia, 2.5% of the households there, and that leads the nation. Hawaii is second at 1.4% of same-sex married households. And, by the way, uh, 500,000 same-sex couple households are unmarried. So wait a minute. Remember that in 2015, they fought and fought and fought and fought to get to the point where the Supreme Court overturned all same-sex marriage bans across the country, and we were told that it would end there. That was their end goal. Jelaine, your thoughts on this discrepancy? It was a lie. Yes. Look, let's call it what it was. It was a blatant lie to accomplish a goal that they knew needed to happen. Mm. People who have w- looked at this, like we have David and Mary for, for years and, and, and looked at it realistically through the lens of scripture and all of the other, you know, truth that we have. Um, we knew that that is not their end game. 
their end game is a complete eradication of any kind of sexual morality. Mm-hmm. That that's the end game. Yes. No restraints. Right. No restraints. It's yeah. it's it's a it's a sexual revolution that is the goal is eventually the abolition of any kind of law that stops me from doing whatever, whenever, wherever, with whomever, sexually. Mm-hmm. That that's the end game. Um, and and getting the marriage part was an important component because it gives us. It normalizes it and gives it status and a, a type of affirmation, right? And acceptability. Yep. And so that you can then start taking the next step. What was the next step? Well, we knew it was coming. The transgender, the transgender mm-hmm. push. It's in the LGBTQ. It's right in there. Yeah. And you know, it's really a two for one deal when you think about it, because not only is it to create an amoral society where there is no absolute, there's no truth, do what you want, whatever you think. Mm-hmm. It's also to put a target on the back of Christians. You're going to accomplish, devil's going to accomplish two things with this. And that is to, um, neutralize the church, neutralize the gospel and, and actually make Christians the transgressors here and to try and tear down. So they have to do both things at once. Yes. I want to get your thoughts on this, Jelaine. We've got two minutes left. What Mary just said, neutralizing the church, we've done a good job of that ourselves <laughs> by just bowing out of culture and the culture war, so to speak. Because when they were pushing this godless agenda for years, uh, decades, they realized there was such a lack of resistance from Christians, conservatives, from the average American citizen that didn't know how to handle this. The church was not given any force to stop this. And now here we are. Your thoughts briefly on this. Oh, the church. You know. Um, <laughs> Loaded question. Yeah, I know. We could spend a half hour on that one. <clears throat> well, you know, let's just recall that God gave us, <clears throat> excuse me, three civil institutions for his glory and our good. The first, marriage and family. The second, um, government, Genesis 9, 6, human government. And the third, the church. Mm-hmm. So God, God has a plan for the church. And we have to be careful as individuals that we don't abandon the church because yeah. we get so disappointed. But the church, I think, has been sold a bill of goods mm-hmm. <clears throat> that somehow what happens out there doesn't affect me in here. And I, yes. I, I go to a very conservative Baptist church, but I know I hear it all the time what's happening in these family units. Kids are t- struggling with their gender identity. They're struggling with their sexual orientation. They're, they're you know, all, all of the questions that be, are being asked out there of young people are happening in our churches. These and are we Christian act families. As if it isn't. Yeah, these are yes. Christian families. And the same thing in the government schools who that are pushing these agendas and uh, people still say, well, it's not happening at my school. Well, I would say um, that's a little naive. But we've got to come back with Jelaine and talk about some victories for the Wisconsin Family Council, challenges, and what's on the horizon for 2023. More coming up on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. It's been a gradual grinding down of morality over at least 100 years in America. Uh, haters of God, uh, they really have carried out An- Antonio Gramsci's Marxist march through the major institutions. I first heard about that in Curtis Bauer's very first Agenda uh, documentary. Uh, Jelaine Appling, uh, America, uh, Eric Metaxas has a new book out I'm, I'm just reading called Letter to the American Church, and he draws all kinds of parallels, and the main one is the German church in the 1930s, how only one-third, and led by, in part, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil, not to speak is to speak, and not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. But he draws a parallel to what's happening in America now. We're not dealing necessarily with a Holocaust, although abortion, you can look at that as a Holocaust. But as far as a people like the Jews, we're dealing with silence over almost any moral, biblical issue that the church, especially leadership, should be speaking out about. Your thoughts? Uh you know, I, I, I understand that a parallel that Eric Metaxas is making. You know, the, the, remember the story of the trains going by? Yes. Filled with the Jewish people who were being taken off to the extermination camps <clears throat> and the people inside singing louder and, you know, trying to cover the up churches. the sounds of the, in the churches. Singing yeah, louder in the churches. Singing, cover up the, the wailing and the, the sounds coming from the trains. You know, 
we were in an interesting period. It, our churches struggle to find a way to keep their central mission, which is uh, obviously to equip the saints for the work of the gospel, right? For the work mm-hmm. of the ministry. And, and so that we are equipped to share the gospel with anyone and everyone in an appropriate way. Mm-hmm. And, but we, we cannot, we dare not be silenced on these issues because they are also biblical. Uh, they're part of the gospel. I'm just going to put it that way. They're mm-hmm. part of the gospel. Jesus said when he was giving his final commission, did he not teach? And preach mm-hmm. and and i would say teaching about marriage and teaching about life and teaching about all the other things that have been politicized in our culture god is, is part of that yes uh, you know we cannot be silent on this and it is it is i'll put it this way i think the biggest disservice we're doing david and mary is to the people who sit in the pews the voices that are coming in particularly to the young people are are incessant all right, from every way you can imagine it through their smartphones and all the other digital devices and everything. This is truth. This is truth. This is truth. And it's all a lie. When you don't get a counter message from your church, your youth pastor, your senior pastor, your Sunday school teacher, your small group leader, and on and on and on and on, which one are you going to listen to? Oh, boy. The silence is deafening. Yes. The silence is is literally putting our young people and our all generations at risk of believing the lies because that's what we're hearing the most. Well, exactly. And, you when, know, when you said there are young children in your church, a conservative Baptist church, that are struggling with gender identity or these other issues, you're thinking, well, we're not talking about someone out in the world that doesn't have a Christian family. We're talking about in the church. There's a problem. It's it's not being addressed. Mary, did you want to ask? Her? Well, I, when, when you were talking, I was thinking, you know, don't love the world or the things of the world. And as soon as you mimic the world, which we've been doing for a long time now, mm. and as soon as you present that you love the world more than you love the gospel and are willing to, you know, forsake all for it, now you've got water in the mix, and it continues to get watered down in a flood, basically. So I think part of it is just worldliness on the part of the church. Yeah, well said. So we, we've let the we've become much more like the world, and the world's yep. become like us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you let's before we get into, I want to ask you about victories that you've seen in 2022 because uh, this is the last month of the year already. Um, and you've once said that uh, po- politics is downstream from culture. Did I get that right? Yeah. Where does the yeah. church stand in that? Well, it should stand at the at the top, stopping the putrid, influencing right? culture, which influences influencing politics. Culture, absolutely, yeah, but we well, haven't yeah. done that. Well, people don't, you know, it's not again. It isn't rocket scientists. <laughs> you elect people out of the out of the general population, right? They're mm-hmm. not born into a special elite society where right. we can only get our politicians from this group, right? And and there are people who have gone to our public schools. They've gone to our institutions of higher learning that are secular bastions of liberalism, right? Yeah. And they're coming out with a worldview. And, and by the way, you know, we look at this and we say, how do they do that? Well, they're living consistently with their worldview where we as Christians, we don't live consistently with the worldview we espouse. Right. I mean, look at Barna's. Uh, David, I know you look at that. Yeah. I, I think George Barna is spot on. We, we don't, we, number one, we don't have a well-formed Christian biblical worldview. And number two, if we have one, we don't live by it. Yeah. I think they're much more dedicated yes. to their worldview than we are. Yes. And I think you said that the last time you were on the podcast, and I think I even <laughs> titled the podcast, you said the leftists are more committed to evil than we are to the truth. And that is something that I thought about for a long time. And Julaine, that is so profound. I think that's got to be a, a message of here's what's going on, friends. Are we as committed to evil as they to are we as committed to good as they are to evil? Uh, Mary, you want to yeah. talk about uh, what we can look at for 2023? And yeah, uh, I guess Julian, I want to ask you, you know, because this was a challenging year for for a, a lot of reasons, Roe v. Wade especially, and and a lot of the election was, you know, predicated. The results were predicated on people saying, well, we want to be able to kill our children, so we're going to vote for so and so. Um, so it's been a dark year, and I think you know we're in a we're in an interesting time. I think we're in the last days. But what do you see? I mean, were there some great victories this year? Were there things that that uh, the Lord just uh, um, really showed you and and encouraged you in? And then, what do you think is up for twenty twenty three? Well, 
I'm going to, you know, this is taken from my vantage point as the leader of Wisconsin Family Action and Wisconsin Family Council and things we saw. Uh, number one, going back early into Wisconsin local elections in the spring. And I think this was pretty consistent around the country. There were a lot of really good people elected at, for school boards. Finally. And oh, yeah, county, yeah. county boards and, yeah, yeah. and city councils and town and village boards. Finally. Um, yes. Yeah, and yeah. I think Wisconsin is a good, great example of it. But yes. as I said, I think there were states all across the country where that happened. That's huge it because is. there's no level of government that impacts my life more right. than local government local. and more, and, and I can impact local government more than I can impact any yes. other level, right? Yes. So I think that's really, really significant. Um, for us, you know, like we, in early May, as we talked about earlier, we got, we got firebombed. What did I learn from that? I learned a couple things. Uh, first of all, I learned in a very vivid way that when Joseph told his brothers what God, what you intended for evil, God turned for good is real. Yes. God, God can take horrific things and, and turn them for good. Um, I'm sorry. No, no amount of money will buy me time on Tucker Carlson, right? Right. <laughs> um, I got, I got on Tucker Carlson. We got on <laughs> uh, some major, major news outlets that, from an organizational standpoint, was really, really good and helpful. Yeah, excellent. Um, so, so you know, um, we've tried to help people to understand that good can come from it. Mm-hmm. And I also learned in the in the midst of all of that, seeing God's faithfulness, that the true compass of my life really is the the Word of God. Because there have been times in the wake of all of that, I didn't know what if we were even thinking about the right path, looking at the right path, what direction were we supposed to do? Sure. How was I supposed to respond to all of this? And, you know, God is faithful and his word is true. And we need to, we need to camp there. Um, the second thing I would say is, and you alluded to it, Mary, but in the wake of the outcome of the midterms and related to the abortion issue, we still have an or- overturning of Roe versus Wade. Right. And we're living in Wisconsin. It's not true for every state. Right. Guys, hang on to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a court case filed against our 1849 um, pre-Roe abortion ban that has been filed since a Tuesday after the, the Dobbs decision came down from the Supreme Court. And it still hasn't gone anywhere. We still are living with the with that law in effect. There is no surgical abortion taking place in Wisconsin unless they can prove the life of the mother is at risk. That is a victory, my friends. That is a victory. Thank you. And and so um, I appreciate that. And as I said earlier, we've had more wins and losses here in Wisconsin on on the elections, on the midterms. And I will tell you from a from an organizational standpoint. Um, we've had a good year. I, God has blessed us. We have had some real challenges. We've had internal challenges and attacks. We've had external ones. In the midst of it, God is faithful. He has supplied our needs. Uh, you know, I'm, I've, I've audaciously asked him for the best year end we've ever had, even though I know the economy is tanking and people, you know, I, I don't know if he'll do that or not. But um, I, I, I am embracing in a very significant way and I borrow this from my my dear friend Bob Vanderplatz in Iowa. Thinking bigger, looking higher, and expecting more. Not because I'm great, not because I'm particularly good or gifted, or our organization is anything special, but because I serve a great God. Amen. Yeah. He owns it all, right? And He asked me to think bigger and look higher and expect more. I, to whom much is given, much yeah. will be required. Um, maybe that's a victory in thinking, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good report, and I think God has a sense of humor because He put you in Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> yes, well, you know. Yeah, well, you know, and uh, we stay here on purpose. By the way, yeah, uh, we're not running, yeah. we're not hiding. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and, and so I think there's just a lot of victories in the midst of all of this, and uh, we 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 can't uh, use the expression earlier. We can't be hangdog. We are called to a higher purpose and a higher standard, and uh, we need to sound the warning. We need to be the watchman on the wall. We need to be clear with our message. We need to understand our worldview, and and we need to understand the tactics of the other side. And but we need to go. We we need to be putting on that armor, that Ephesians six armor, every single day, Amen. and be fearless. Fearless Amen. in facing what yeah. we're facing. Well, we got I, good people like you. David's writing books, writing articles. You guys are doing stand up for the truth. You're reaching people all across this country. I think that's a victory. We're still on the yes. air, David. Yes. Amen. <laughs> and who knows how long that'll be? I don't take that for granted yeah, because, right. by the well, way, we, we've had some problems with the, some podcast feeders or yeah. outlets or whatever. And I'm not sure if they pulled us down because they found out some of our content. 
I don't know. We're, we're, if, if you have problems with the podcast, stand up for the truth. Um, and getting it, and, and if it's been deleted from certain, we're trying to get to the bottom of that. This is just a new development in the last couple of days. So just so you know, we do want to say kudos to Harbingers Daily. We're thankful for them. They've been one of the main promoters uh, of us as we've been censored. But, Julaine, uh, I want to go back and remind people what you said in one of the first uh, podcasts we had you on after you were firebombed, and you say, you said at that time, we will not back down. You are in Madison, Wisconsin, kind of the heart of the beast in, in a way. And uh, here you are saying, you know what? This, this is not, we're not going to shut down. This is what God called us to do. So we feel the same way here. We do need prayer. So how can, um, I've mentioned that on, before many times, but how can people specifically pray for you and Wisconsin Family Council? Well, you know, you know, David, thank you for that. Um, I think the number one uh, prayer request I have is we need wisdom. I've been doing this 25 years as of this, as of October. And I tell people this all the time. Every day is still a learning curve mm-hmm. <laughs> because, because the, 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 the appearance of evil and the machinations and all of that mm-hmm. are, are coming at us from different ways. And we need, we need wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're in a situation too. We still need to make some personnel adjustments. We need to hire at least one more person here. Um, we're a little lean. Um, I, I think that, and, and third thing I would mention is that God would continue to bless our lead Wisconsin teen worldview leadership camp. Um, I, I think that's one of the best hopes that we have, David, is bringing these kids in, taking them away for a week and, and, and just putting really, really good speakers in front of them that talk about worldview and how to deal with the issues of the day and helping to shore up what parents are doing and youth pastors. Um, we're, we're, we're getting ready for 2023 and, you know, God would like, uh, God would like that to flourish and Satan would like that to, to flounder and yeah. fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so, go ahead. So those are three right there. Okay. Thank you so much, Julian. I just want to mention it uh, unbelievably, but not, you know, I mean, God is just, but God, I always yeah. say in the last two years since COVID, our, our donations have never been higher. In a time where there's more uncertainty and economic uh, upheaval and whatever, and the, now the economy, it's amazing. People are supporting us, and I'm thankful for that. We do not take that for granted. We do not solicit, but uh, donations have been good, and um, we've heard that from a few people as well. Julian, we appreciate your time. I'm going to say, may I be the first to say Merry Christmas and Happy uh-huh. New Year to you. We'll talk hey. to you, Lord willing, uh, in 2023. What? Go ahead. Well, as soon as we're done here, I'm headed up to the Capitol with our nativity display and awesome. our sign telling the real reason for Christmas. So uh, in the state Capitol, a first floor rotunda. So, yes, Merry Christmas bless and you. a blessed thanks, New Year to everybody. Thanks for putting that up. Jillian Appling, yeah. Wisconsin Family Council. Stay strong, sister. I know you will. Likewise. All right. God bless. Thanks. Uh, Mary, we are going to be doing the podcast tomorrow, you and I. Alex Newman next Monday, J.B. Hicks on Tuesday. Jay Siegert is coming up, Linda Harvey, Steve Smotherman, John Haller. But what are a couple things? You watched uh, the documentary Died Suddenly. Um, I, that was one of the most heart-wrenching things I've seen. Um, and are we going to talk a little bit about uh, that tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about Absolutely. that. And what else is on your heart for tomorrow? Oh, you know, I just... World events, China? World events, China, um, protests in China, which probably won't end well. Um, mm, you know, but just... For the people. Um, yeah, for the yeah. people. You know, just just uh, some global news and some local news. And, Great. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Looking forward to it. So tomorrow, news and hot topics with myself and Mary Danielson. Thanks, guys, for tuning in, for sharing. We really, really appreciate it. God bless you, and as always... Keep speaking the truth about things that matter.